Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through a team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes, from teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments. UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at everythingittakes.org. When Henrietta Lacks died in 1951, it seemed as though all memories of her life were buried along with her body in an unmarked grave in Clover, Virginia. They did not talk about Henrietta, and I didn't ask any questions. Shirley Lacks never knew Henrietta. She married Henrietta's son, David, and was close friends with her daughter, Deborah. But all Shirley knew was that their mother was long dead. She died when they were kids of a vicious cancer. Her death at the age of 31 left five children motherless. Three of them were younger than five. One of them was just a baby. No, Shirley never knew Henrietta, but she knew the silence around her life and her death was saturated with pain. And for Henrietta's daughter, Deborah, that pain created endless questions. She wanted to know what her mother was like, what what food her mother liked, what clothes her mother liked, what did her mother smell like, what did her mother do for her when she was a baby, you know, and nobody answered those questions for her. So she didn't find out anything about her mother until she went on the journey with Rebecca Skloot and they wrote the book. The book, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks, written by journalist Rebecca Skloot, would breathe life into the silence around Henrietta Lacks and provide a kind of eulogy for the children who had no memories of her life or her death. But it would also introduce the world to a woman who changed the face of science and medicine forever without even knowing it. From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Buddy Petrie. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming Shirley and David Lax to the stage. Shirley and her son, David Lax Jr., recently stopped in San Antonio to share Henrietta's story at the Texas Biomedical Research Institute's third Global Health Symposium. The symposium drew hundreds of health executives, health care providers, philanthropists, business leaders, scientists, educators, and students together to talk and learn about how community, trust, and science can work together to help build health equity. And for those who know her story, the name Henrietta Lacks is among the first that come to mind when you think about community, trust, science, and health equity. See, when Henrietta Lacks, a wife, a mom, a sister, and a friend, was fighting for her life against an aggressive cervical cancer in the segregated ward for Black patients at Johns Hopkins Hospital back in 1951, a researcher, without asking her or even telling her, scraped some tissue samples from her cervix. Now, informed consent was not a thing back then, and Skloot noted in her book that many researchers in hospitals that treated poor people for free, like Johns Hopkins, believed it was fair to use them as research subjects as a form of payment. And where Lax was, in the segregated ward, consent wasn't a concept anyone ever even considered. 
So the researchers scraped the sample and took it back to the lab to see if it would grow. It probably wouldn't. None ever had before. Not for long, anyway. But Henrietta's did. Her cells survived and multiplied and never stopped. Average cells will have about 50 reproductions in a culture medium and then die. But more than 70 years later, Henrietta's cells still haven't stopped. Henrietta's cells, which became and are still known as HeLa cells for the first two letters of her first and last names, would make it possible to develop a polio vaccine. They would help scientists understand the impact of x-rays on human cells. They would be shot in a capsule into space to see what that did to human cells. They would play a role in the development of COVID vaccines. They did all this and much more, but her children knew nothing about any of it. Shirley Lack says they had no inkling that their mom's cells were special in any way until the mid-1970s, more than 20 years after she died, and the silence engulfed them. I think when they came and drew blood from the family, the brothers and the sister, and she was going to Hopkins, calling them to find out what's the result. And she couldn't get an answer as far as what the results were. But they they told them they were drawing blood to see if, I think, if they had the same thing that Henrietta had. Right. So people from Johns Hopkins had drawn blood from Henrietta's children, claiming they were testing them for the cancer that killed their mother when they were, in fact, doing research on the children without their knowledge or consent again. Like their mother before them, No knowledge, no consent. So Henrietta Lacks had saved an incalculable number of people and improved the lives of countless others. But not only did no one ask her if they could take her cells, they never asked her children for their consent when they came back for more research material. Shirley Lacks says to her husband and his siblings that felt like a deep and compounded betrayal. Back when the, all this started, a lot of Henrietta's children were going through health issues and they had problems with trying to get the proper medical care. And all the time they had been using Henrietta's cells, making millions and millions of dollars off of her cells. The Lacks family couldn't afford to see doctors while scientists were using their mother's cells to save strangers for decades. Johns Hopkins says on a website dedicated to Lax's legacy that it has never sold or profited from the discovery or distribution of HeLa cells and does not own the rights to the HeLa cell line. For Shirley Lax and her family, that's cold comfort. Hopkins say they didn't get any monetary reward, not directly, but indirectly. They benefit from the HeLa cells. So, you know, just when I think about it, is the fact that I just think Hopkins could do something for the family. And that's where the some of the family members are upset in reference to what has taken place with the heel of cells. This all seemed wrong to the lax children, this lack of consent, this, this silence, these decades of suffering while their mom's cells saved other lives. It all seemed deeply unethical. And it was. More on that when Petri Dish continues.
Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through a team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes, from teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments. UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at everythingittakes.org. You're listening to Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Wow, what a story. What an honor to meet both of you here today in San Antonio, Texas. Um, and, uh, and what a, a theme to be talking about today uh, in this symposium on health equity, community, trust, and science. That's Dr. Larry Schlesinger, Texas Biomedical Research Institute's president and CEO, after listening to the family of Henrietta Lacks without rancor but unflinchingly tell her story, their story. Her tissue was taken without her knowledge and without her consent. Her children's blood was taken under false pretenses. Schlesinger speaks for an entire community of scientists when he responds. And there's been quite a bit of mistrust out there, particularly for those uh, individuals who are underserved or, 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 or not seen enough. Um, and I think we need to do better. I think this community understands that we need to do better. Henrietta Lacks died in Johns Hopkins Hospital back in 1951. Her tissue was taken there. Her cells were cultured at the university. Everything that's happened, good and bad, with the HeLa cell line over the last 70 years begins at Johns Hopkins. And on its website, it lists a number of ways bioethics have evolved since Henrietta died. Among the changes, informed consent is strictly enforced for those who donate tissue and cellular materials for research. Patients are guaranteed access to their own medical records, and segregation in medical settings is a thing of the past. While the Lacks family wants to keep the ethical issues exposed by their family's experience at the forefront of the conversation around bioethics and equity, they also want people to know that they are proud of Henrietta's legacy. They wouldn't take her cells back even if they could grandson Alfred Lax Carter told the science journal Nature about the cells, quote, they were taken in a bad way, but they are doing good for the world. Shirley Lax told me her late husband, David, would have agreed with that sentiment. When this book first came out, my husband had a gentleman come visit him from, I think it was China, no, Japan, Japan. And he said the gentleman was talking to him and someone translated the fact that he was grateful for his mom. The gentleman told him he was grateful for his mom's contribution because of his mom's cells. He was living, you know, at that particular time. So it was just, just amazing. As for Henrietta, she could not have begun to conceive of what has happened with her cells. She was a tobacco farmer in rural Virginia, a housewife in Baltimore, and a mother to five children who wanted more. What does Shirley think her mother-in-law would think about her immortal cells and her immortal life? I think she would be elated because of the fact she was a person that liked to help. And she also was a person that liked to serve. So her cells helped and served a lot of people and helped them live longer. And what about Deborah? 
the daughter whose deep need to know everything she could about her mother to break the silence around her life, her death, and her ultimate immortality, Deborah died before the book she helped make happen was published. What does Shirley think she would think about all that's come to pass since then? Before Deborah passed, everything that she wanted to know about her mom, yeah, everything she wanted to know about her mom, she was able to find out. And she died in peace. What Henrietta Lacks' dozens of descendants want now is a say in what happens with their ancestor cells. And they're starting to get it. Back in 2013, Henrietta's whole genome was sequenced and published publicly without asking any of the descendants for consent or even warning them, despite the fact that her genome tells the world quite a bit about their own genomes. They fought it, and now two family members are part of the Gila Genome Data Access Working Group, a group of medical, scientific, and bioethical professionals that review proposals to use the Gila cells. The Lex estate has also sued to get past and future payments for alleged unauthorized sale of Gila cells by a biotech company called Thermo Fisher Scientific. Some younger Laxes, grandchildren and great-grandchildren of Henrietta, have gone into science and medicine themselves, which seems almost poetic in its appropriateness. But mostly, Shirley Lax says her family just wants science and healthcare professionals to do better. They want them to do better by poor people. They want them to do better by black people and other vulnerable populations. They want them to do better by everyone. And she has hope. From my observation over the last several years, I see, that especially the younger generation, there's a more caring and want to get an answer to the problem. They just don't want to say, I'm going to work on it. They want to find an answer and fix it. And I, I think that as time go on, more and more of the younger generation will look at science differently than 10 years ago, or even five years ago. Shirley's son, David Jr., who is Henrietta's grandson, adds that his father's dream was that Henrietta sells samples from the cancer that savagely stole her from her children decades too soon, would be responsible, ultimately, for a cure for that terrible disease. He wanted his mom's cancer cells to cure cancer. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by TPR News Director Dan Katz, Jacob Rosati, and me. Jacob Rosati also composed all the music and created the sound design on this show. Audio editing was done by Bennett Smith. Petri Dish is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.